Hey, I'm Jonathan Uppers, CEO and co-founder of RadPad. These are our mission and values. This is a podcast about remarkable startup cultures, why they work so hard, and the principles that guide their decisions. I'm your host, Brian Landers. The best company cultures don't stand still, so the details you'll hear today are just a snapshot of where the company is. Today I'm talking to Jonathan Eppers, the CEO and co-founder of RadPad. Welcome to the show, John. Hey, Brian. Thanks for having me on today. It's great to have you. What is RadPad? RadPad is a rental marketplace that enables renters to create a profile, which allows them to find apartments and then quickly and instantly apply to any of the over 1 million apartments on RadPad, sign their lease, and pay their rent. So it's a very modern approach to the apartment rental experience. Yeah, we sort of like to say like one-click renting, which is like, hey, I know where I want to live. I know what I want. And when I find it, I want to make it easy to get it. And so we sort of look at ourselves as being there in the middle of that transaction between the renter and the landlord, helping facilitate that and making it easy so you can do the whole thing on RadPad. To get some context on the size of your culture, about how many employees and locations do you have now? Yeah, so we're headquartered in Culver City, California, which is in Los Angeles, about a seven to 10 minute drive from the ocean. Um, there's 31 people that work at RadPad. Our team is primarily comprised of engineering, product, and design, but the other sort of big functions of RadPad include marketing, our customer experience team, which is like customer service, and then our marketplace supply team and our finance team. I know you've rolled out the service to multiple locations uh, in the United States. For each of those, do you have uh, local employees there? So we used to, and we used to have what's called community managers. We actually um, discontinued that, and we relocated everyone to headquarters because we felt it was it was much more efficient for everyone to be here. And also, like when you have one person working in a city by themselves, it can be hard to um, to to effectively communicate and for that person to feel part of the team uh, because they're not here every day. They don't get to meet you know, uh, everyone as a company grows and you'll get to have that connection that you do, you know, when you're here at HQ. So we, we actually brought everyone to HQ and it's worked out very well for us. It's not to say we won't expand in the future, but right now uh, we, we like everyone being here at the office. And as you mentioned, yeah, RadPad is uh, pretty much everywhere in the U.S., whether you're in Tulsa, Oklahoma, which is where Katie on our marketing team lives, or I'm from Indiana, uh, or you live in LA or Chicago, uh, you can use RadPad to find apartments and pay your rent in any of those cities. But our biggest cities are focused uh, Los Angeles, Chicago, uh, Washington DC, and San Francisco. Got it. Yeah, the service, I can attest, is excellent in Los Angeles. I used it the last few times I was moving. Before we dive into exploring the values that you and your team share, I want to learn more about the mission of RadPad. So what is the purpose that you and your team work towards each day? So our mission is, is constantly evolving, like in how we describe it, but it, it's really our true north where we are headed and what we do every day. And our mission is, is uh, making mobility insanely easy and affordable for everybody. And so renting enables people to be mobile. And the more mobile that people are, the more opportunity comes in their lives. And we think that's a good thing for the world. We think that's a good thing for the economy. And ultimately, I think if people can move more often, they can find more opportunity, which makes them happier. And so we, we look at how we build our product and enabling people to move uh, whenever they want to wherever they want. We're very, very focused on what we can do to sort of make it easier and more affordable for people to move. And if we can do that, we think people will move more often. And, uh, and that benefits, I think, you know, everybody. 
Are these trends in moving homes more frequently and this sort of nomadic lifestyle that's becoming popular, well, at least in the tech world, related to your mission? And how did you arrive at it? Yeah, there's this interesting thing. So we started RadPad three years ago, and there's just a, these kind of strange things that happen that have really shaped what our product and company has become. So for example, we, the company started because I was looking for an apartment three and a half years ago. I was in this really kind of weird funk in my life, wasn't sure what I wanted to do, and I figured that moving apartments would help kind of pull me out of this funk. And lo and behold, little did I know that when I started looking for an apartment, um, you know, after living in my current place, uh, for about six years, how difficult it was. And so RadPad sort of evolved from my own experiences of, of moving and my frustrations. And then when I started RadPad, I called Tyler, who's one of my co-founders, and Tim, my other co-founder. Tim is from Missouri, but Tyler's from Canada. And so when Tyler tried to move to the United States to help us start RadPad, it was very difficult for him to find an apartment because no one would rent to him because he didn't have a credit score. And because he was Canadian, he didn't have a U.S. bank account. And most landlords require cash or check to pay for the rent. So if you don't have a bank account, how do you withdraw cash or how do you write a check? So, you know, the, the problem that we're trying to solve has become much bigger than initially it started with, which is just helping you find apartments. Now, I caught in another interview, which I'll link to in the show notes, that Tyler joined as a co-founder before you all had met in person. That seems like a really risky move, uh, was it? And tell me a bit more about your relationship with your co-founders. When we started RadPad, you know, I, I really think that it was much more challenging for Tyler than it was for us. And so I give him a lot of credit because, you know, I asked him one day if he'd move down here to help us build his company. And this is before we had raised funding. And, you know, essentially he had to kind of say goodbye to, to his friends and family and move to a different place. We had worked together about two years before uh, he joined me with RadPad, and we had worked remotely. So we talked on Skype, we talked on Google Hangouts, and so we'd worked together. So the, I remember the first time that that uh, Tyler came down here and visited Tim and I, and, and we met in person. It was, it was kind of one of those surreal moments where you like go and you're talking to someone for two and a half years, and you feel like you really know them, and all of a sudden you see them in person, and you're like. <laughs> is this really the person I've been talking to for the last two and a half years? Right. And, you know, it looked like Tyler. It sounded like Tyler. But um, it, was just, it was just one of those surreal moments. And that started the journey of the three of us on RadPad. And then, you know, eight months later, uh, Tyler moved down here when we got him his visa. The three of us are really close. We've become really good friends. We respect each other because we each, you know, I'm a product guy, Tyler's a designer, and Tim is an engineer. And so we each have different skill sets, and we complement each other very well. You know, I, I couldn't do this without my two co-founders. I, I depend on those guys a lot. In a Medium article called A New RadPad about the recent rebranding you did, Tyler mentioned that you all as co-founders take trips together. How did those come about and how often do you take those trips? Well, we're, we're in our third year at RadPad and our first year, we didn't really make any money. Um, we weren't taking a salary and we were sort of living off our savings. The second year, we were able to raise some money. And after two years of doing this day in and day out, I find that for me, you know, when I'm in the office, like I'm just getting things done. It's when I'm outside of the office that I actually like can think more clearly and strategically. We get dinner occasionally together and try to get out of the office and, and talk about things. And we were talking and three of us kind of agreed that we'd like a little bit of a break. After we raised our Series A, the three of us took a little trip to Hawaii. We went down there and, you know, it was nice to relax, but we did a lot of talking about RadPad. And one of the things we talked about was sort of the future of RadPad. So we're actually taking another trip this June, and it's a really good chance. We call it a founder's retreat because it's a really good chance for us to kind of get out of the office, kind of like let our minds just wander, and then talk about things that we don't get a chance to talk about during the day, which are more high-level sort of like longer-term business goals. 
Yeah, that sounds really healthy and productive. How has multiple co-founders being product-centric and and design-focused affected Radpad's culture and team? You know, I've worked for some great companies. I worked at MySpace right out of college. Everyone was using MySpace. It was the third most traffic site in the world. It's a great time to be there. And and then I worked at a company called uh, eHarmony, another great consumer company that I think a lot of people are familiar with. But Radpad is a little different because, you know, at MySpace and eHarmony, while they're tech companies, they were really run by non-technical co-founders. And I don't know, at Radpad, the three of us are technical. So the DNA of the company is really rooted in product. When we think about building things, we tend to think about how it solves problems, not how it generates profit for Radpad. And I know that's counterintuitive to building a company, but we really believe that if you build great products for people and it solves like massive problems, then there's always going to be a, a business there. There's always going to be a model there. How did your recent identity rebrand impact your thinking about your culture? You know, what did you discover? Did it unseat any ideas or, or maybe solidify any? So we realized like we kind of had an identity issue, which is that people weren't remembering what Radpad was. And so we needed something that was distinct and something that sort of represented who we were as a company, which is our culture, and also what our product stood for. We decided we needed some new ways of thinking. And we, we partnered with a guy named Zach Davenport, who is an incredible visual designer. The process took about seven months to, to fully complete. When we rolled it out, we first rolled it out to the company so that everyone in the company could get used to it and really feel like they understood it and that they were behind it. And I think that's one thing I've learned is that employees should always be part of the process as much as possible so that they feel like they're part of that. And, I, and that's really important. So we've got t-shirts made up, we got hats, we painted walls on our in our office with our logo on it. And then we had a big unveiling ceremony at the office where Tyler talked about the whole background of it, the whole conceptualization of it and sort of what it, what it meant and stood for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what what feelings did it spark within the team? Well, I think, you know, the, the rebrand was new, right? And anytime you do anything new, it can be good, but it can also be scary. And people were very, they liked our, our you know, our original logo. Like, you know, they wore shirts that had it on it and they were proud of that. And so, you know, when we rolled this out, we were kind of nervous that they may not like it. But ultimately, thankfully, people really did like it. Zach did a phenomenal job on it and Tyler did a great job leading that from our side. So people really embraced it and they were proud of it. And they really saw how that signaled sort of the next sort of evolution of Radpad. And because these people here are working on it all day long and thinking about it all day long, um, it really got them more excited about it. And I think you, you could see like the excitement in the office and just, and, and when people are excited about their job, they want to be here more, they're more passionate about it. And I think they do a better job. You mentioned in a really great interview you did on a show called uh, 33 Voices, that when the team size reached about 12 or 13 people, you perceived a shift in communication. How did you respond to that change? Well, you know, it was kind of strange. Imagine, you know, working on a, on a small team, you know, less than 10 people. You hire all these people. You know, when they're that small, you're almost like friends and you hire your friends. And so it goes from like everyone's, you know, joking with each other, uh, telling each other, you know, things that probably shouldn't be told in the workplace, but because you're friends and you're, and you're small, you, you talk about stuff like that. To one day you come into work and when you come into the room, you know, it kind of, everyone kind of um, changes a little bit. 
and it becomes where they look at you more now as like, you know, like we can't say that around John. Uh, and it's like what I call like the water cooler talk, which I've always been part of at other companies. You know, when my boss isn't around, it's like, you know, that's when you gripe about things or, and then it comes around and you act like, oh, hey, everything's great. <laughs> so I, I started noticing that and I felt left out and it was weird, but I think that's natural. And I think that, you know, that happens. And as more and more people come on board, the company does have to mature. And one of the things that we did uh, early on when there was like five of us is we took baby pictures of ourselves we had them blown up um, into like pictures and we put them up on the wall. And it became this like tradition where every new employee that, that joined our team or you know every new person, they give us a baby picture and then we blow it up on the wall. That's super cool. And so it's kind of fun because on one hand you can come in and be like, who's this and who's that? And oh my gosh, I can't believe that's what John looked like when he was a kid. Or oh my gosh, you know, what happened to John? He was so cute. And <laughs> then, you know, and then, and then but, the, but the whole point of that was to really show us that just as like people and we grow and mature, so do companies. And Every year, Radpad is growing and maturing as a company, and and our culture is growing and maturing. So our processes as a, as a business are growing and maturing, and so is our product. And it's important to to realize that and embrace that. It's not a bad thing. And so those photos are there to represent that. Yeah, I noticed some of those charming childhood photos on your jobs page. And actually, something it says there is is interesting. You say, "Join our family." Magic happens when exceptional people come together and solve the problems no one else thought possible. Tell me about what that means to you. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty powerful statement. And we try to create magic here. I mean, truthfully, like I was a young kid when I got to go to see David Copperfield, who's an illusionist. And I've always been captivated by magic, by doing something that like makes people feel a certain way. And they don't know how you did it. To the crowd, it looks easy. But behind the scenes, the what goes into building that, putting it together is actually very complex. And we try to make the complex things that other people have tried to do and failed to do. Uh, we try to solve that. And in doing so, we try to make it look extremely easy. And we like to find people who aren't afraid to want to be part of something that's trying to do that every day because it's not easy. And a lot of what goes in, I think, to making a great product is actually very complicated under the hood and behind the scenes. And what we always say when we launch a product is, this does, does this feel like magic? And if the answer is no, then it means we failed. Even if we solve the problem, in my opinion, we still failed because we didn't create something that, that makes you feel something that you've never felt before. That's really not common with a lot of companies. I've never worked with a company that, that was part of the kind of the company culture and, and, and DNA, but here it is, and we mean that. It's kind of become like a running joke within the company. You know, it's it, it sounds a little corny, right? Um, but if you think about it, like when you open up a rental app today, you know, oftentimes depending on the app, it, you know, it can kind of, it makes you feel tense, it makes you feel overwhelmed, it makes you feel like, gosh, am I gonna find this place? And, and you feel like lonely. Mm -hmm. When a customer comes to Radpad, they feel like, wow, I've never experienced anything like this before. And in a way, it does feel like magic. So we say that because we think we know it's a bold statement and it gets people's attention, but also because we want people to really sort of embrace that when they come into Radpad. And we expect that out of people who want to work here. How do you share your mission and values with new teammates? I, you know, we're more of like a lead by example type of a company. And I think that, you know, that ultimately gets into the culture. And so it's a lot about how we treat people. I think, you know, one of the things that I, I learned when I was interviewing with companies is like, I often got a sense for how the company was in the culture based on how they treated me during the interview. You know, did they drag the interview along when I was there? Did they make me wait for 20 minutes, you know, on someone to interview me? Mm -hmm. um, after the interview, how long did it take for them to follow up with me? Um, you know, those things shape 
shape my opinion of the company and the people. And so something that we think a lot about here and how we treat you when you're interviewing with us. And then once you join the company, you know, uh, what is your first couple days like? And I read somewhere that the, your first week or two is always the most vulnerable because you don't, you know, you don't know anybody. And so the hardest time when you start a company is at lunch when, you know, it's like, who do I get to go to lunch with? Right. It's like the cafeteria in elementary school. Yeah, exactly. And like, so what we do here is on your first couple of days, like you have, you know, lunches with people across the company. So like if you're an engineering, the engineering team may take you out one day, the next day, you know, may go out with marketing. I may take you to lunch. Um, it sort of depends, but we really kind of go overboard to help you help you come to the company. And I think by extension, you start to quickly pick up what our values are here. Most people know our mission when they come in. We talk a lot about it in the interview process, but the values are something that we don't preach to you. We don't have them posted on the walls. Um, it's more like how we treat you in the office uh, when you're here on the team. RadPad offers some enticing perks to employees. I saw there was a two-week break everyone gets over Christmas. Do you think that your employees care a lot about the perks that RadPad offers? I think first and foremost, like what people care about um, at RadPad is like that they believe in what we're building. If you're going to get up every morning and come to work and give your time and talents to something, most people want to work on something that they believe in and that they feel like they're contributing something to it that they get actually are proud of. So that's the biggest things that I focus on here at RadPad and my co-founder is just creating that sort of environment. Every job I've ever left personally, and I think this is true for a lot of people as well, you leave because you stop learning, because you don't feel challenged, or you, you want a new challenge. You know, I, I think a lot about that here to help retain talent. It, it certainly doesn't hurt that there are some nice perks to RadPad um, coming here. We offer, as you mentioned, you get two weeks off in December. I just think it's, it's important to be with your family over the holidays. People mostly take that time off anyway, so why not just make it easy and give it, give it to them? It's paid. Um, we have sort of an unlimited vacation policy here, uh, so if you need a, a day off, you can do that. Several people on the team were in Coachella this past weekend. It took three days off for that. We, we, RadPad pays 100% of medical premiums every month, so uh, we, and we offer really competitive medical plans, uh, so there's no out-of-pocket cost for people, um, and it's a low deductible. Um, we offer we have massage Wednesdays, so you can get chair massages on Wednesdays, which is a nice perk. I certainly look forward to that. On Thursdays, we do team lunches together, so we have a long table here we all sit down at. And, and then on, on Monday through Friday, this is something that's kind of recent, we actually have an office mom that comes in here every morning and cooks his breakfast. So there's always eggs, hash browns, toast, um, bacon, uh, oatmeal, cereal, almost like a continental breakfast when you come to work every morning. So as you mature as a company and as a team, what's been challenging about growing? I think the challenging part for us, and we have not found the answer to this, and I doubt we ever will. We, I think we'll get better at it, but we'll never be perfect at it, is literally hiring the right people. It's one of the most challenging parts of my job, recruiting exceptional talent, retaining that talent when people have a lot of opportunities today, keeping people motivated so when they're here working, like they feel like they're working on something they believe in and are passionate about. And so in order to do that, we have gotten a lot better at having people from across the company interview for different positions. So if you're interviewing in a, for an engineering position at RadPad, for example, you'll meet with a good section of engineers back end, front end, but you'll also meet with people from marketing, the customer experience team, and potentially even the finance team who are really trying to understand sort of not maybe your skill set, but if like culturally you'll, you'll be a good fit on the team. Why did you decide to loop in more people in that process? And and you said that helped? Yeah, well, it used to be really just me and my co-founders interviewing people. And what we realized is that people on the team felt like, you know, they trusted us, but at the same time, they want to be part of that. 
You know, they wanted to they wanted to be able to have a voice and saying, yeah, I don't think this person's right for RadPad, or I really think this person would be incredible at RadPad, rather than just sort of relying on on the three co-founders. It was uh, it was a good sort of inflection point for me because it was like, yeah, why are we not including everyone else in these processes? And it really came down to just me just not wanting to, you know, pull people away from their work to interview people. But the truth is, it doesn't take much uh, time for someone to sit down with you for an hour and get to know you and learn about you and then use what they learn to help us make better hiring decisions. I want to read a few things you value, which you shared with me before the show. We value diversity of ideas and thought, humility, God-gifted talent, passion, creativity, and curiosity. Now, I'm curious about God-gifted talent and the wording there. Can you tell me more about that? Well, first of all, I don't mean that to be a religious statement. Um, I, you know, we, we respect, we have people here that, you know, have all different types of viewpoints. Um, but what we really mean by that is, you know, I, I, coming from Indiana, I was an athlete. And, you know, oftentimes that expression is used with athletics, like a God gift and talent. You know, that person is just born and they can just run fast. You know, that person is just born and they can, they can shoot a hoop, you know. Uh, they, can, they can just swim like a fish, you know. Michael, Michael Phelps is God gift and talent. And, and so we look for that kind of stuff when we meet people. You know, what is the talent that you have that you know, is unique to you and can help bring something to RadPad. And that's not always apparent. Um, I'll give you an example. So about a, two years ago, we were at LA Hacks at UCLA, and this guy came up to Tyler and I um, and said, he introduced himself, I'm just starting to learn um, how to code, and I was wondering if you know, I could intern for you guys. I really like what you're doing, and I'd like to intern. And, and so we were kind of like, Okay. Well, at the time we only had one back in engineering. So we're thinking, you know, we'd love to hire you, but you probably don't have very much experience. And you're also probably, you know, require a lot of like handholding and we just don't have time for that right now. So, you know, I, I, I gave my contact information, but I never really followed up with them. And then two days later, he emailed me and said, when can I come over to meet you? And I said, well, where do you live? And he said, Riverside. And we were in Santa Monica, and if you're not in LA, Riverside to Santa Monica is about an hour and a half drive with traffic. Ooh. And so he ended up coming over to the office and meeting with me, and then he and he was working a full-time job, and he was learning, he was teaching himself how to code on the side. This guy ended up coming to intern for us. We gave him a shot. I mean, he wouldn't stop emailing me, mm -hmm. and so I said, if if he wants it this bad, and we're not going to pay him, you know, and I made that clear, then we'll give him, we'll give you a shot. He's one of our top engineers today. And I look for people just like him. And he's sort of an example of don't judge a book by its cover. He had what I would consider God-given talent as an engineer, but he didn't realize that talent until um, he actually decided he didn't like what he was currently doing and decided to explore his passion, which was coding. Mm -hmm. After two years of being at RadPad, like we don't know what we do without him. He's went, gone from an intern to an engineer, uh, a full-time engineer on the team, now to leading our QA team. And he's just an awesome guy. His name's Kevin. That's awesome. Like you said before, people oftentimes leave jobs because they stop learning and stop growing. How do you make sure that doesn't happen at RadPad? Well, you know, most companies I've worked at, um, my first month is kind of like spent just sitting around trying to get up to speed and get started. And at RadPad, like, you know, I hope that this will continue to stay the way it is today. But when you start at RadPad, we pretty much throw you in the deep end. Um, <laughs> we like to see, can you swim? And, you know, a lot of people say they can swim, but when you actually put them in the water and kind of watch them, they really struggle. And so, 
you know, it's okay to struggle as long as you can eventually figure out how to tread. We, we give people here, we like to empower people to make decisions and we like to empower people to take risks. And I think that a lot of companies, if you take a risk and fail, you're, you're worried you're going to get fired, you're going to get in trouble. And here we encourage that kind of stuff. You know, I think, again, that just permeates in the culture. And what we, what we often find through that is, like, we get better products because an idea that comes from our product team uh, will often evolve substantially by the time it gets out to our customers. And it's because people on the team take that and run with it. You have what I would imagine is a really diverse customer base, and, and both with landlords and with renters. Um, even just here in Los Angeles, that's really easy to see. How about internally? How do you think about diversity within the team? I think, you know, there's a, there's a lot of talk in tech today about not enough diversity. And, um, you know, the way I feel about it is we try to hire based on merits. Um, you know, when we put up a job posting, we don't say to ourselves, we're looking for this kind of, you know, this, this kind of looking person. We're saying we're looking for somebody that has these skills that can help us do this better than we can currently do it the way we're doing it ourselves. Um, but I think companies have a responsibility to be active participants in encouraging diversity across the team. I think we're doing a good job with that here, but I think we can certainly do, you know, continue to do better. Um, we've got a cross-section of you know, men and women in different types of roles. There's women in uh, leadership roles. Uh, our head of marketplace supply, which is a huge part of our business, is led by a Chinese-American uh, uh, female. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got you know, people here with different sexualities. Uh, we've got people here with different sort of beliefs, uh, you know, religious and non-religious beliefs. Uh, you know, so that's encouraged. And I think if you surround yourself with people who are just like you, you'll always be like yourself. And if if you want to grow, and as a company we want to grow, uh, it's important to have diversity of ideas. And the only way to do that is to have people with, that are different than you. And so when we interview people, we, we do look for that kind of thing. You've mentioned before that you run town hall meetings. Uh, what are those like there, and, and why do you do them? Town halls are a way for me to basically share information with the entire company in one place. They, you know, they used to be smaller. We started doing it when there were like 12 people. Today we're 31 people, and we, we, we try to do it monthly. Um, sometimes it's a little more regular th- regularly than monthly if there's a lot going on and there's a lot of announcements that need to get put out there. But I err on the side of oversharing. I think a lot of CEOs you know, and founders, not on purpose, they just... You know, it's in their head, so they kind of just naturally think, well, if I know it, everyone else must know it. But, you know, that's, you know, no one's a mind reader. <laughs> Most people aren't. Um, and if they are, I'd, I'd love to hire them. But uh, um, <laughs> Send them John's way. Yeah, send them my way. But, um, you know, so I think it's really important for leadership and companies to really overshare information. Because if not, then, you know, I was an employee. I know what that's like. And you just kind of try to figure it out on your own. And that's when, you know, people talk and may, may you know, may create a scenario that's not actually the case. So these town halls are geared to share like key things in the company, like key metrics, key business uh, focuses, objectives of the company. We oftentimes will recognize what we call the spirit of RadPad. So every month we award a spirit of RadPad, which is essentially somebody that encompasses sort of all the values of, of the company. And the way I like to look at it is, who is somebody in the company that if they quit tomorrow, like everyone would be really sad. And that's typically the spirit of RadPad. And I know it's kind of a weird way of looking at it, 
But you know, there's always those companies you work at where there's like somebody that like you really enjoy working with because they're just awesome. And it doesn't even apply to their work, but it can be just their personality. We award that and then once a year, every year at Christmas time, we take the whole team out for like a big dinner and a big celebration and we award what's called the President's Cup. And it's basically the, you know, sort of the most valuable RadPad employee. Uh, and we recognize them, they get um, quite a bit of stock options in the company and they get a huge cash bonus. And then right now we're working on, we're actually having all their faces painted and hung up on the walls. That's cool. I love the visual representations you guys seem to gravitate towards because it seems like those would serve as a good reminder of those things. Who was the last President's Cup winner? Yeah, his name was Justin Gia. Um, he's been with RadPad almost two years. He's our director of engineering. He's like the kind of guy I was describing, like you're just lucky to work with him. Um, he's incredibly smart. He's one of our you know top engineers here. He's a leader, not by force but by example justin's not someone out there telling you what to do he he just does it and then people tend to follow his lead and i think those are the best leaders he also brings so much to our culture he's chinese and so like for example he went back to um beijing where he's from for christmas for about a month this past year and then he came back and like he brought tyler and tim and i like these chinese flags he brought the whole company all these cookies and snacks and things Justin helps us with recruiting. Um, he oftentimes says, hey, I know somebody who would be an awesome marketer, or engineer, or, and so he's constantly proactively bringing people in. He's, he's constantly inviting me to be on panels that can help bridge the gap between Chinese citizens that want to move into the country in America and work here and they need to find an apartment. And so he just brings so much more to the table than just you know what we hired him to do. And for that reason, um, it wasn't a surprise to the company when, when in fact people were like starting to speculate who the President's Cup winner was going to be this year and it was, it was pretty cool actually and when he won you know everyone got up and clapped and cheered and it was, it was really neat and, and he's just he's such a humble guy too he accepted it and he basically thanked all of us <laughs> mm -hmm. one of your job descriptions says we believe when design and engineering work in harmony you can create something magical now how does that interdepartment collaboration work what, what's an example of that so like our experience team, right, they hear from our customers all day long. They hear the good, the bad, and the ugly. And they oftentimes share all that feedback with us in a Slack room. We also document it all so we have it all stored. We can look at trends over time, on what people want or what they hate. And oftentimes, like, the engineering team will just jump in and fix things for them, and they do it very quickly. And the reason why they like to jump and fix it quickly is because they know that especially when it created a bad experience with our customer, they want to try to make that right as fast as possible. And so sometimes that often means not just even fixing a problem, but it also means like, how did like we rethink this problem to begin with and try a new solution? I feel like a lot of jobs I've worked at where it's like people will say it's like not my problem, right? Like that's not my problem. Um, I'm not an engineer, I can't fix that. You know, I, I'm only doing this at RadPad. And people here are super collaborative. And I think it's really cool. And you know, we're 30 employees, so I'm, I'm hoping that'll continue to stay that way as we get to be you know 100 or 1,000 employees. But when we create a product, everyone who works on that product adds something to it. And when you launch that product, you really feel like there was something that you added that made that product great. Whether it's like an animation on a button or even the copy on a button. Like we really get stressed out here over the copy that you see on RadPad. And on our homepage, for example, when you load it, it says, just hold on, we're going home. That's a line from a Drake song. And it's so relevant to, you know, kind of our culture and sort of our personality as a company. Tell me what, you know, th that sort of hip hop reference is making me think of, um, the Radpad HQ is known as Padlantis. Um, and you know, I'm wondering it's, you're, you're located in Los Angeles. So 
kind of describe the vibe for me of, of just like the work environment there. Yeah, well, first of all, RadPad was named Pad Lancis by one of our engineers, a guy named Adam Schold. We moved into this new office about five, six months ago. And we moved over here, it was a, a huge upgrade. Our old office was in Santa Monica on the corner of Fifth Street, Santa Monica Boulevard. It was about 700 square feet, very, very small. It had no air conditioning and it was super hot. And so when we moved into this new office, it was like a huge upgrade. This office is like a big kind of open creative uh, warehousey space, got concrete floors, um, 30, 40 uh, tall, open exposed ceilings, lots of natural lighting. The walls are white. So it's got this really kind of industrial creative vibe to it. And it's in Culver City. Uh, and Culver City, for people who aren't familiar with it, has a lot of these kind of older like uh, industrial buildings that have been converted into these creative spaces. For example, Nike has a huge uh, office down the street from us. And so when we moved in here, Adam just said like, he just started calling it Padlantis. We liked it. And so on, on our door, when you walk in the office, it actually says Pad Lancis. And, you know, I think he's really proud of that, but it also sort of sets the tone of what you're walking into. But, you know, our hours here are pretty, uh, pretty informal. Uh, people tend to come in uh, between 7.45, which is pretty early, actually. But people, for some reason, we have a lot of early birds here. So we get people that come in at, you know, I'm normally here about 7.45. Um, but most of the team trickles in between 8.30 and 9.30. Most people stay between like 6.30 and, and 8 o'clock. And um, some people in marketing and engineering are here can be here till 9 o'clock. We have um, four, four side offices. We all sit in a big open space. You know, we're all together. I don't sit in my own office. I sit out with the team. We all sit together. We turn two of these private offices into living rooms. Uh, to make them feel like apartments. And there's one of them that, you know, people are in all day long. No one wants to leave that room. So it can be a, it can be a little annoying if you want to go in there and have a meeting because there's always like six people in there. And there's a big TV in there and people spend the night here. It's crazy. I, I've never spent the night here, but we have some engineers that literally they spend the night here. They, li they like it. I don't get it, but <laughs> they like being here. And But I think it's cool, you know, and it just kind of goes to show that, you know, we've got a space that people want to hang out at. What is a recent example of something that was seen as a challenge or a negative outcome, and how did you and the team react to it? Well, um, recently there was someone on the team that uh, unfortunately um, is no longer here. This was one of those people on the team that um, was liked by a lot of people on the team, and you know it just wasn't working out anymore. And you know I think for a lot of people who are listening, it's like if you're working at a job you don't like. You know, life is too short. Move on. Um, it's not good for you, especially as the you know the employee. It's it's just not good for you. Why come to work every morning and doing a job you don't like to do? And I I understand there's people with families and there's other situations that preclude people from being able to change jobs. Um, but if if you can get out of a situation, you should because by staying there, you, you know you're not helping the company and you're certainly not helping yourself. And so sometimes those decisions have to be made to sort of move people along. And it, it sucks every time. I don't enjoy doing it, but that's that's kind of a, uh, one of the situations that happened here, and so rather than just you know kind of let it happen where the, you know we had to let someone go and then kind of just get back to work, you know we pulled the team aside and we talked to everybody about it, and we did it in a way that I think was very respectful both to this person um, and also to the company. You know we didn't go into specifics, but you know we so took everyone aside and just said, look, you know basically what I just said to you, which is if you're not happy and you don't enjoy this, like. You know, we'll help you find a job somewhere else. In fact, we'll give you money to leave, which sounds kind of strange, but I don't want to work with people that don't want to work here. And so when we explained that to the team, everyone was very much appreciative of that. And it sort of allowed people not to create their own sort of scenarios in their head of what happened. 
but it created it created an environment where we could all talk about it. And look, people some people were not happy about it, and and they pulled me aside and voiced that to me. And I, I appreciate it and I respect it and I understand it. But I think that gets into the culture of transparency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for for the honest answer there. That was really helpful. And now the fun part is the flip side of that question is what's a recent example of everyone on the team celebrating a win? Every time we release a new feature that's like a big feature, we tend to celebrate it. About three weeks ago, we were working with an outside team who was helping us with, with our Android app. We were able to find a really awesome guy named Yen who uh, came in and is now leading our Android team. Since he's come in and we're doing it now all in-house, we didn't need this partner anymore. And so we ended up throwing was like a big party here at RadPad and we brought the partner in. We had champagne, we had a cake that looked like an Android phone and we had a big team lunch. And then so we all sort of celebrated it and we let the partner kind of talk about the experience. There's some funny stories that were told about sort of the early days of working with us at RadPad. And then, there, you know, and we talked a little bit about Yen sort of taking over the lead. And so it wasn't just engineering, it was the whole company was part of that. Um, we also celebrate birthdays here. We celebrate anniversaries. Like if you're like your one year anniversary at RadPad, like if you work at a company for one year, a startup company, that's like saying you worked in corporate America for five years. Right, yeah. You know, for one of our employees that celebrated one year, we did a, um, a pinata and we stuffed it with like their favorite candy. So things like that. That's really cool. Okay, last question. I heard you're a great cook and you you cook delicious farmer's market meats on the weekends. Can I come over? (laughs) Yeah, sure. Yeah, every Sunday night. A lot of times on Sundays I do cook for a lot of my, my friends and sometimes people from the team will come over. So yeah, anytime you want to come on, I'm in West Hollywood, come on by. Thank you so much for joining me today, John. As a Los Angeles renter and someone who loves great product design, Uh, and magic. (laughs) I think RadPad is indeed rad. It's been really fun to learn more about the culture there at Padlantis. Are you currently hiring and where can people who love your mission find out more? So you can go to our website on radpad.com slash jobs and see what we're hiring for. But you'll notice on that jobs page, we always say that if you don't see a position that you think works for you, we've hired people before who we meet that are just really awesome and we'll create a position for you. Just email us and let us know or tweet us at RadPad. Love it. Thanks so much for your time today, John. Thanks, Brian. You can find show notes at missionandvalues.co. The theme song is by Shane Ensley. It makes me dance every time. If you enjoyed the show, please share it with someone. That would be amazing. And let me know what you think. I'm at Brian Landers, Brian with a Y, on Twitter. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for next time on Mission and Values.